0: Hello there, I'm Rob Manafield, and welcome to F1 Everything Else, the side series of the podcast where I talk about F1 in a much more loose way compared to the numbered scripted episodes of the podcast. So, 2019 is nearly over. The Formula One season ended like a couple of weeks ago, and well, it's that time of year again, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to talk about the season that's just gone, and it's time for me to hand out some awards. Now, there have been some highs and there have been some lows throughout the 2019 season and i always like doing these awards because it gives me an opportunity just to say it how it is this was great this wasn't so great now plenty of awards to get through so i'm not going to waffle on too much uh i want us to keep as as short and concise as i can for you guys because i know you're all going to be very busy over the christmas holidays so sit back relax and it's time for the third annual F1 Everything End of Season Awards. Okay so we're kicking things off, our first award is for Drive of the Year. Now a great drive doesn't always have to result in a victory, it can be a back of the field drive with loads of overtaking through to a great, maybe unexpected uh, result at the end of it. Or maybe it is pure domination and you cannot deny the fact that hey that was quite something. Now there are only going to be 4 nominees per category this year and these are the 4 nominees drive of the year, starting with Charles Leclerc's drive to victory at the Italian Grand Prix. Now you might think, he's a Ferrari fan. Of course he's going to pick a Ferrari driver, who winning at Monza. But you have to look at that performance by Leclerc. It was spectacular. He held off consistent pressure from Hamilton and then from Bottas at the end. Um, maybe some of the defensive driving is a little bit on the edge, but actually no one really complained about it and the fact that Leclerc got for the the tofosi their first victory at Monza uh you know in nearly a decade it was very very popular and Leclerc just drove out of his skin the defensive effort was absolutely sublime and uh for me it was certainly the most memorable victory of the year by a driver um outside of for me Bettles victory in Singapore but that isn't nominated but I tell you what is nominated it is Vettel in Germany second nomination Vettel in Germany from 20th to second and in a race where everybody was spinning in a race where everybody was just throwing it in the wall going off on that drag strip hitting the wall you know damaging their car spinning crashing all the rest of it in a completely balmy race Vettel weathered the storm and came from the back of the grid through to second place and the fans at uh, Hockenheim absolutely loved it and so did I. Brilliant. Truly, one of the drives of the season. The third nominee is Bottas's drive in the Australian Grand Prix way back in March. That feels like it was ages ago. But Bottas's performance in Australia was just, it was almost like somebody else was in the car. It was unlike anything we've seen from Bottas. He was just on another level. Led from the beginning and had like nearly half a minute over Hamilton. Yes, was very quickly pointed out that hamilton had suffered from damage earlier in the race and therefore he wasn't able to put the uh, the pressure on but bottas was just on another level that day it really was a true masterclass from bottas and at that point it looked like bottas was going to be on course to at least challenge for the world championship and he technically did but um his season sort of peaked in australia for me and the final nomination is signs drive to his first podium in brazil from the back of the grid. And similar to Vettel's performance in Germany. Lots of things going on around him in the later stages. Both Ferraris hitting each other. Albon getting taken out. Hamilton getting a penalty. Gasly going up to second place. For me, Sainz's performance in that McLaren was just superb. Absolutely superb. Just came through the field with um, you know the polish and um, you know quality of a driver... Who really deserves to be at the front. He looked like a front running driver. Making his way like Vettel did in Germany. Just coming through the through the field. And scoring McLaren their first podium in five years. And his first. Unfortunately he wasn't on the podium to celebrate it. But that's neither here nor there. Still gets nominated for Driver of the year. But the winner for drive of the year is. Charles Leclerc in Italy. Yep. Yeah call me a fanboy call me a ferrari bias whatever you want for me this was just outstanding it wasn't so much the fact that it was leclerc i would have given it to anybody who had driven the drive that charles leclerc did but that was just an epic defensive display putting you know withstanding the pressure from from both mercedes to the point where they were cracking it was just an absolute joy to watch from pole to the checkered flag and you know as as david croft said as he crossed the line uh mercedes threw everything at him today charles leclerc has coped brilliantly and he did and in many ways i really wish this was his first win he won in belgium but obviously tragic circumstances meant that race will probably he won't be remembered for that win but he will be remembered for the win in italy so charles leclerc for his drive in italy wins my drive of the year award The second award is for the WTF moment of the year. Now, you might want me to say what WTF stands for. Yes, it's the what the fuck moment of the year. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be an individual moment in time to, you know, be nominated. It can be a race, it can be uh, a situation, it it can be a quote, it can be, you know, an argument. And basically that is what these former nominations are. Starting off with the French Grand Prix. And all I've got written down for this is it was the worst race ever. And that's all I have to say. The second nominee, or dishonorable nominee, if you will, is the is the Hassan Rich Energy situation that played out on social media. I mean, every time a tweet was sent, you just had head in hands going, what is going on? that's all i'm gonna say if you know what i'm talking about you know you just every time that escalated you just thought what the fuck third nominee is mercedes could be slower than williams this year that was the quote that was given to us by mercedes i can't it might have been toto wolf but it doesn't matter mercedes in total at the beginning of the season they could be slower than williams and then they went and first and second on the grid and first and second in Australia and everyone was like, what? Like, no one believed you to start with, but the fact that you would insult Williams and people's intelligence by saying something like that uh, left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yes, you can say, yeah, we may not be as quick as we have been in previous years, but to say that Williams could be, you know, we could be slower than Williams. <sighs> Nah, that that really didn't go down well. And uh, the final nominee is Ferrari's fallout in Russia. Uh, so the on pole, Vettel's second. Vettel gets a better start, takes the lead. Bear in mind, there's this off-track agreement between the two that uh, you know Leclerc would have the lead again in, into turn one, or at least you know, from my understanding, would would have the lead, would be given the lead back if Vettel took it. But I mean, what a mess. What a mess. It made both drivers look um, absolutely ridiculous, to be honest, and Ferrari, and they completely imploded. They shit the bed, and neither driver won. So, yeah. A mess. But the loser of this award for WTF moment of the year is, of course, going to the French Grand Prix. I was actually out during the race, but I was keeping tabs of of the race on my phone on the on like a on a sports app. And I was getting messages from people saying this race is really bad. This race is really bad. This is really boring. Nothing's happening. Like literally nothing is happening. This is the you know, you think of the typical boring Grand Prix. This is what it is. This is it. This is as what This is as bad as it gets. And I watched it back and I honestly, that was a waste of about 90 minutes, 100 minutes of my life. That was one of the worst races of all time. And the fact that F1, you know, basically had its integrity called out afterwards saying, how bad is this sport right now? It's people were getting turned off because I think people were still a bit upset by the controversy in Canada and then it went to the french grand prix and f1 really needed a race to kind of spark people's imaginations and that would come in the in the coming races and f1 boy it hit stride like basically for the rest of the season but this was the lowest i think i've ever seen the sport go in terms of the quality of the on-track racing it was shocking so yes my wtf moment of the year was the french grand prix which i will now forever call until something worse comes along the worst race ever The third award is for Team of the Year. Now, only four nominees, of course. Four very different nominees. Probably a very obvious winner. But we're going to go through them. Uh, These four teams had very good seasons for very different reasons, as I said. Starting off with Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull started their partnership with Honda. People were a little bit unsure as to how that was going to go. Turns out it went really well. The Red Bull was... The second best car, I would say. Uh, The Ferrari had good moments. But across the length of the season, I would honestly give the nod to the Red Bull. And that was evident with Verstappen coming third in the championship. And the fact that Albon was able to come in and and do well from the beginning. The Red Bull, on the whole, the team in general, I thought had a really good season. And deserve a nominee. You know, to be a nominee here. Uh, The second nominee is McLaren. Now, I'm not the biggest McLaren fan. Maybe my memory of McLaren back in the Dennis days has kind of tainted my current day one. But I'm honestly, I'm delighted that McLaren are getting there. And with them going back to Mercedes engines in 2021, I'm excited for them. I want them to be at the front. F1 needs McLaren at the front. And they were getting there, you know, and with signs scoring his podium in Brazil, it showed that McLaren have taken real positive steps this year and i think that's partly down to their driver lineup there's no contention you've got carlos Sainz, who is a a good hand alongside lando norris who is a very very good young driver an exciting young driver very very popular very likable and they got on really well so there was no sort of tension they were entertaining off track and on as well plenty of really you know um entertaining radio transmissions but at the end of the day You know, they just did the business on track. They were putting the McLaren in places where it shouldn't be. Plenty of fifth places, you know, and breaking into that top six, especially when there's such a gap between Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari, and then the rest of the field. It was impressive. And the fact that they, you know, came fourth in the Constructors' Championship, beating Renault, absolutely, they they deserve the nomination here. So, fair play. Third place is Mercedes. Nope, not third place. Third nomination is Mercedes, um... I don't really know what more needs to be said. Another completely dominant double championship winning season, but you know they could they could be slower than Williams, but they weren't. Wow, what underdogs! And finally, the fourth nominee will surprise you. I'm picking Toro Rosso. Yeah, no Ferrari. What do you know? Uh, Toro Rosso took two podium places that in 2019. They had a good car, and I'm I'm mostly picking them for the podiums to be honest. Two topsy-turvy races, and both Gasly and Kvyat weathered the storm both times to give Toro Rosso two podiums. Now, considering that most of the midfield teams maybe don't even score a podium per season, well, look at Renault. They didn't score any. Toro Rosso scored two, and that car always looked decent enough at all points during the season, really. Maybe a few blips, but Toro on the whole I think deserve a nomination here more so than Ferrari because well we'll get to that later but there's my four nominees for team of the year and the winner of course and it should be to the surprise of absolutely nobody but Mercedes our team of the year again for the third year in a row Mercedes get the uh, team of the year nomination and they get the victory I mean what more needs to be said I'm not going to bore you with the stats You watch this season, you know how good they've been. Yep, my team of the year is Mercedes. Okay, time for the fourth award and it's the rookie of the year. There's only three nominees this time, of course. And actually this was really difficult to choose. So let's just go through the one by one starting off with Alexander Albon. He was, um, you know, the third driver to be selected from GP... Uh, not GP2, I'm still used to calling it GP2. Formula 2 for 2019. He went to Toro Rosso, impressed enough, and was promoted to Red Bull after uh, Pierre Gasly got demoted back down to Toro Rosso. And it's actually Albon's second half of the year, getting used to the Red Bull, you know... Halfway through a season where the car's already developed, he's got to—he's basically had to learn a whole new car. And for most of the second half of the year, he outscored Verstappen. That's impressive, considering Verstappen's had half a season to get use of the car. Uh, you know, knowing how to set it up. And yes, Verstappen had some—you know—challenges along the way. You know, he got taken out in Australia, uh, in Belgium, or involved in an incident in Belgium, for example. But I really think Albon deserves a lot of credit. I was unsure whether it was right to promote him to Red Bull so early in his career. But he did a great job in the second half of the year. So, yeah, Alexander Albon, well done, sir. The second nominee of course is Lando Norris. Uh by far the most popular rookie of the year if this was what you're looking for, but Norris just was very was very consistent. He you know, drove well. He was outperformed by his teammate, Carlos Sainz, but you'd expect that. Sainz has been around since 2015. You'd expect that. But actually, Norris gave a really good account of himself, and I'm excited to see what he can do. There's no more excuses, though, of him being a rookie. He, he's he got to go now and, and, and outperform Carlos Sainz. I suspect the friendship may well take a little bit of a hit, as now Norris has got to go and actually, like, deliver more than he did but yeah no qualms from me about his season at all i think lando did a great job and the third nominee is the person i feel most sorry for is george russell you know what you know he won the formula 2 championship he's very very talented he outperformed that williams many many times he beat robert Kubica 21 nil in qualifying And most of the time it was like a bit of a gap back to Russell because there's such a performance deficit between, you know, the the ninth best car and the tenth best car being the Williams. And then there was normally another big gap back to his teammate because Russell just had the legs on him. And I was surprised. I didn't think Russell would. But actually, yeah, it's really hard to judge George Russell's season because he didn't score any points. He's the only driver not to score points. But... I think he was much better than his teammate across the length of a 21 race season and deserved more than he got. So, of course, he's nominated. But I am going to give this award to Lando Norris. I think Norris had the, you know, for me, it was either, obviously, Norris or Albon. And whilst I think Albon would deserve this award, I'm going to give it to Norris because I think he actually did more With lesser machinery than Albon did. Having you know got that promotion. And I still like I said I wasn't sure about the promotion at the time. I wasn't sure whether it was the right decision. But I just think Norris had a bigger hill to climb. And he did really well in climbing it. So Lando Norris is my rookie of the year. This one I think might get a little bit of uh, backlash on I reckon because people might think I should pick albon and initially I did but I'm going to give it to norris i think albon you know did well in the first half of the year and did very well in the second half of the year but you know that's bound to happen when you get promoted to the second best team so yeah norris is my rookie of the year time for award number 5 and it's the worst driver of the year this should be fun uh again only four nominees four very different seasons uh by these four gentlemen uh, let's let's go through them, starting with Roman Grosjean and the Haas. I mean, tell me one good thing Grosjean did all season. You can't. You just can't. How he kept his seat at Haas over Nico Hockenberg, I do not know. But just the mo- least, the, like, the most unremarkable season by anybody, I think, was Roman Grosjean couldn't tell you one good thing. I couldn't tell you his best result. Without literally pausing the podcast and going to Google it, I couldn't tell you his best result. And I think that says a lot. Because everybody else here, with the exception of maybe the next nominee, um, but then we'll we'll get to him in a second, you know, at least did something. You know? But actually that's not fair. This person did do something. Um, my second nominee is Robert Kubica. Um, he scored a point. He got Williams' only point of the season, it, you know, in that horrendous car that Williams is. was awful, it was awful. And Kubica got a point in it, in Germany, but apart from that, he got completely battered by his teammate, absolutely rinsed all season, it was embarrassing, sorry. I know there's a lot of Kubica fans out there, and I don't mean to offend him, and I don't mean to offend you, but Kubica got absolutely demolished this year, and, you know, whether he decided to leave Williams, or whether Williams secretly dropped him, and they disguised it as Robert Kubica leaving to do other stuff, it's the right decision that he had to go. Uh, Third dishonourable nominee, if you will, is Pierre Gasly. Now, I know I just said a lot of nice things about him when I was talking about Toro Rosso, but... You know, you're not had a good season when you've been dropped from a top team at the after like half a year, and it was the right call. Red Bull had to do something. Gasly just never ever looked comfortable in that position. It was too soon. I, th- I, I kind of thought it was too soon anyway for him to go to a Red Bull, but he got completely battered by his teammate Verstappen. He, he had a bit. He had redemption with the podium in Brazil, but up until that point. You know, before uh, Belgium, he just com- he looked completely at sea. Again, I couldn't. Uh, maybe one race where he looked decent enough, and that was at Silverstone. And even then, he didn't look like he could take. You know, re- truly fight the top level guys. So Gasly gets the uh, the nominee here. And lastly, I- I'm picking Sebastian Vettel. Vettel or someone who I picked. To be the driver of the year, someone who I picked to win the world championship—had a shocker. You know, two poles, one win, and then one um, discounted win in Canada. Yes, the win he got in Singapore was just amazing. Sorry, I was there. I went mad. But I mean, come on. Look at his season: spins, collisions questionable driving got you know got beaten by his teammate and i think for me it was just so disappointing because i really had hopes that he'd win the world championship but no 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 no. not even close um i hate to rag on vettel because he's one of my drivers i supported him through thick and thin since he's been at Ferrari. I mean, I'm a Ferrari fan. Anyone, anyone who drives Ferrari, I support. And Vettel has certainly had his fair share of, you know, naff performances. And I try and defend them, but this year has been hard to defend Vettel. But the loser in this award, of course, is Robert Kubica. It breaks my heart a little bit. I was so happy that he got to make his comeback and, you know, make the return that he desperately wanted to do, but it... I mean, come on. You knew I was going to pick Kubica. It just had to be. Sorry, Robert. We love you, really. But yeah, sorry. You were the worst driver of the year. Okay, the sixth award is for Car of the Year. Going to run through these quickly, but yes, you can probably guess the winner. Let's start with the Mercedes W10 EQ Power Plus. What more needs to be said? Another season, two World Championships again. Just never really looked like anything other than the best car, maybe apart from like a couple of races after the summer break. But yeah. Mercedes bought a blinder once again. The second nominee is the Red Bull RB15. Again, for the most of the season, this looked like the second best car, was able to take the fight to the Mercedes frequently, and, you know, it it, it ended up giving Verstappen third place in the championship. At one point, it looked like Verstappen was going to mount a championship challenge if certain circumstances took place in the second half of the year. It just didn't happen for Verstappen. it dropped off a little quickly and it became apparent that wasn't going to happen but on the whole I thought the RB15 was a great car and deserves the nomination here the third nominee is the McLaren MCL34 the most improved team of the year by far is the McLaren and the MCL34 was a good car and it gave Norris and especially Sainz the opportunities to score some serious points and obviously culminated in a podium in Brazil. And the final nominee is the Ferrari SF90, though this is begrudging, and I did kind of toss and turn as to whether this should stay as a nominee. You know, it did give three wins and nine poles, but this should have been more. The Ferrari should have been more than it was. In pre season testing, it looked the best car by far and people were predicting this could be Ferrari's year including me but just from from the moment it hit the track in Australia and apart from a few moments you know Bahrain, Singapore you know Monza's Spa, um, Baku there were, there were only a few moments throughout the season where you thought actually this could be you know a really good car I could take it to the Mercedes and the Red Bull On the whole, no, the Ferrari SF90 didn't, but it still gets nominated as one of the four best cars of the year, because it just was. But it ain't winning, just a spoiler. Yeah, and you can guess that the winner of this award is the Mercedes W10 EQ Power Plus. What more needs to be said? I'm not going to bore you anymore with this. Yep, the Mercedes for the third year in a row is my car of the year. From the sports talk garage network studio in chicago comes an exciting new formula one podcast with a unique perspective introducing the outlap f1 podcast where we give you an american take on all things formula one while we might be divided by our rival support of ferrari red and mercedes blue we are united by our love of formula one from the past and the present listen in for race reviews previews news and a guarantee if you last along the way we're available on all major podcasting apps so hit that subscribe button now be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at F one podcast or on our website at www.OutlapF1.com. Okay, it's award number seven it's time for Moment of the Year. So a moment doesn't necessarily have to be just an individual snapshot in time. It can be you know, a battle, it can be a, a race win, it can be, uh, you know, well... Let's just get to it, shall we? They're very different. There's four very different nominees here for my moment of the year. Spoilers, it isn't Vettel's win Singapore, though that will be my moment of the decade. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Come on! Come on! Yeah! <laughs> yes! 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 Speaking of Vettel, my first nominee here is Vettel switching the boards post-racing Canada. Yeah, I told you these nominees would be weird. I mean, say what you like about Vettel's conduct here and whether it was the right thing to do and whether he was being, you know, childish and all the rest of it or it was just hilarious. It certainly was a moment that we'll remember from this season. Vettel storming into Parc Ferme, having left um, to go to the Ferrari, you know, uh, hospitality, no intention of being on the podium. He was persuaded otherwise. And he made a big statement by switching the first and second place boards. I mean, say what you like about it. It really, really was one of those wow moments of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'd be it'd be wrong for me not to nominate it because it was just something so hilarious, childish, and memorable. Yep, that's a moment of the year for me. The second nominee is Gasly versus Hamilton in Brazil, with Gasly, you know, beating Hamilton over the line. Now, if you're watching the race coming out of Juncal at the bottom of the hill, you think. That Hamilton has the legs on the Toro Rosso going up the hill. Hamilton seemed to get a better exit. But then they cut away to Verstappen crossing the line to win. Then they cut back to Gasly just hanging on. To the surprise of everybody. Everybody went crazy. The crowd in Brazil went crazy. I suspect the majority of the TV viewers were just so happy to see Gasly get one over on on, on, on a front runner. It didn't have to just be Hamilton. It's not just Hamilton that's the issue here. It was Gasly getting some redemption for what had been a really really difficult season where he got demoted back down to the junior team but still scored a podium just and he did it in such style with a drag race up the hill beating hamilton who just won the world championship in a mercedes unbelievable stuff yeah that that is something that will stay with me this season was that drag race and the fact that the underdog won The third nominee of the season here is Leclerc's win in Italy. I went over all this in the Driver of the Year um, award category. Um, Yeah, I mean, this was just absolutely spectacular. I'm not going to bore you again, but yeah, Leclerc winning in Italy. One of the nominees for Moment of the Year. And the fourth nominee was Verstappen versus Leclerc at Silverstone. What an epic battle that went on for like half the race. These two lads didn't give each other an inch, but it was absolutely brilliant. Just with some fantastic overtakes throughout the race. Yeah, this this gets more than warrants a nomination here. But my winner of moment of the year, I'm going to give it to Gasly beating Hamilton over the line. Uh, That just got me jumping up and down. And like I said, it's not just because it was against Hamilton. It could have been against Bottas. It could have been against anybody, really. Any of the front runners. But Gasly got the redemption he needed. And it was a surprise. No one saw that coming. That Gasly would actually beat Hamilton over the line. And it showed the progress of Honda. I mean, that's amazing. Honda power outdid uh, Mercedes power. When it really mattered at a power section of that circuit. Uphill, flat out brilliant so Gasly winning the one-on-one battle over Hamilton in Brazil is my moment of the year it might surprise you you might think I was going to pick Leclerc but no I'm going to give it to Gasly just it was so unexpected and it was really really heartwarming especially when Gasly was celebrating afterwards yeah brilliant that's my moment of the year Okay, so now it's time for something new. Um, Following the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, I tweeted out saying that for the first time there are going to be awards which you, the listeners and the followers on Twitter, are going to be able to vote on. Two awards and this is for the first one of the two. This is the first time I'm asking you listeners to give me your race of the year. Now with Twitter you can only put four things in a poll. I had to pick three races, and then the fourth option will be just other. Then I'll ask people to state, you know, what they wanted to nominate. So these are the nominees. First of all, is Germany. What a crazy race that was. Second race is Brazil. What a crazy race that was. Uh, I then put Bahrain. I chose Bahrain over, say, Silverstone, because I just thought Bahrain was great. Plenty of overtaking drama, Leclerc's uh, performance, followed by the, you know, the heartbreak of what happened to him. You know, loads of crazy stuff happening throughout that race, especially after what was a pretty dull Australian Grand Prix. F1 kind of needed a race like Bahrain. And then obviously there's this other category it's the fourth one and I asked people to tweet what they wanted and actually proving how popular the winner was. I only got one response and that was hungry. So let's go through these in last to first place. So in fourth was the Bahrain Grand Prix with 5% of the vote. In third was other which was hungry. People seem to agree with it with 13% of the vote in second place was Brazil with 14% of the vote and the winner by a landslide with 68% of the vote was the German Grand Prix. So yeah, your first winner in the listeners race of the year category goes to the 2019 German Grand Prix. Okay, this award should be fun. It is the worst race of the year. Now, probably quite obvious what is winning or losing this but we're gonna go through the nominees anyway. We're gonna start with China. This was the 1000th Grand Prix in F1 history. It was hyped up that this was gonna be a great race and it was a dud. I honestly don't remember anything that happened. Yeah considering this was the landmark 1000th Grand Prix. Yeah this did nothing. The second nominee was Abu Dhabi again. What happened? I mean, I don't like Abu Dhabi at the best of times, but yeah, this was dull. This was dull. Hamilton dominating from the front. There wasn't really a great deal of action behind. Yeah, Abu Dhabi gets the nod here for worst race of the year as well. The third nominee is France. And the fourth nominee is Spain. Again, apart from Ferrari literally being about 200 years off the pace, I don't remember much that happened. That's all I have to say about these worst races. I mean, it's obvious that the loser here is France. And it was always going to be the worst race of the year. One of the worst races in history. But, you know, the rest of these nominees, they just... They did nothing for me at all. Dole dull, 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 dull. But, of course, the French Grand Prix... I'm going to keep this short and sweet. The French Grand Prix is the worst race of the year. Shock horror. Okay, ladies and gents, we're nearly home. We've got three awards left to give out, and the third to last is the Listener's Driver of the Year. Now, there were three nominees and an other. Someone did vote other, but then didn't tell me what they who they were voting, so that was helpful. That got 4% of the vote, so shock. But actually, this was closer than I thought it would be, and your three nominees were Hamilton, Leclerc, and Sainz. So obviously, other four percent, thanks to that one person who voted other but didn't tell me who they were nominating. Very helpful. But in third place was Charles Leclerc with fourteen percent of the vote. In second place, Carlos Sainz with twenty-seven percent of the vote. And the winner of the F1 Everything listeners' driver of the year is Lewis Hamilton. I'm not surprised. It was closer than I thought it would be. I thought Hamilton would win by a bigger you know, percentage of the vote. 27% of you voted for Carlos Sainz. And 14% voted for Charles de Clair. But the, the 27, at one point, it was close. At one point, Sainz actually was leading, I think. And then the votes for Hamilton started to rein in. And Hamilton came out on top as your driver of the year so thank you to everybody who voted i really appreciate that you taking the time to vote uh i will include these categories again next year and there may well be other listeners categories as well so thank you very much uh for taking part and uh yeah hamilton is your driver of the year well shock horror really (laughs) Okay, here we go. These are the two big ones. Let's start with race of the year. First nominee is Germany. What more needs to be said? This race was mental. Mixed conditions, crashes, surprise results, overtakes out of the uh, Yazoo all day long. And it was just a, a joy to watch the German Grand Prix. The second nominee is Bahrain. I thought this race was great and it warrants the nomination here. Plenty of overtaking, controversy, heartbreak, weirdness. Like with the two Renaults literally breaking down at the exact same time in the exact same place. Like this race had a bit of everything and it was highly memorable. And like I said earlier, it was needed after what was a bit of a dud of an opening round in Australia. Bahrain was great. The third nominee is Brazil. Got to be honest, the opening 40 odd laps didn't really feature much. But then the last sort of 20, 30 laps of the race were absolutely mental. And that's what nom- gets the nomination here. The two Ferraris hitting each other. Collisions. Verstappen, you know, pit stops that caused, like, you know, questionable pit stops that caused, you know, questionable results. Hamilton getting a penalty. Gasly coming second up the hill from Hamilton. Oh, this race had a bit of everything, didn't it? Brazil was great. And the fourth nominee is the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. I mean, mostly for Leclerc versus Verstappen, but this race was really good too. Plenty of on-track battles throughout the whole race. The fans at Silverstone were treated to one of the best British Grand Prix of the decade. And, yeah, more than happy to nominate the British Grand Prix in this case. But, I mean, I'm just stalling, I think, because we all know that the winner is Germany. Yeah? The German Grand Prix is my race of the year. It could very well be my race of the decade. I mean, it was just epic. They should totally upload that race as a whole upload on YouTube because I'd watch that again. I occasionally will go back and watch the highlights video on YouTube just to remind myself how epic this race was. It was a roller coaster from start to finish. Just an absolute, you know primary example of how great F1 can be. Yep, so congrats Hockenheim. I mean, I don't really know if it can be topped in terms of German Grand Prix in the future, if there's going to be more. But the German Grand Prix for 2019, it is my race of the year. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is the big one. This is the biggest award I give out. It is for the F1 Everything Driver of the Year. This is the only award which is going to feature five nominees. And this is actually quite difficult to pick. I really had a difficult time picking between at least two of these people because these five drivers have all had great seasons for five very different reasons. So let's get to them. The first nominee is George Russell, 21-0 versus Kubica in qualifying. He consistently outperformed an absolutely awful car. He should have got more than he got and give him a good car, he is going to go places. I really hope Williams can can deliver something good next year so we can see just exactly what Russell can do because he looks like a star of the future. The second nominee is Max Verstappen. Three wins, two pole positions, though the third one was, was discounted. Uh, and he finished third in the Drivers' Championship. And at one point, he looked like the the man most likely to take the challenge to Lewis Hamilton. Before dropping off a little bit in the uh, second half of the year. Uh, points for Stappen was being called the best driver on the grid. And rightly so. He was driving out of his skin. Putting his car in places where it probably shouldn't have been. I mean, look at how much he hounded Hamilton at Monaco. He didn't get it done because of just because it's Monaco. But Verstappen just was able to fight more often than not and more effectively than not than most drivers. I mean, look at his win in Austria, for goodness sake. And in Germany, just epic stuff. And in Brazil, his three wins are amazing. Like, they're amazing. The third nominee is Carlos Sainz. He finished sixth in the Drivers' Championship. He scored his first podium and he consistently outperformed the car. And he outperformed his teammate. Sainz really stepped up this was a really important year for Sainz and he did a fantastic job he had to show that he warranted being a number one in a team and he could very well be the man that leads McLaren back to the front if he decides to stay there long term which I think he will he seems very settled at McLaren and McLaren seemed to love him so I'm not gonna lie he was one of the two people I, I really juggled with the idea of naming driver of the year the fourth nominee is Charles Leclerc. Two wins, seven poles, the most pole positions out of anybody all season in only his second season, and he outperformed Vettel frequently, outscored him, and you know got more more. You know, I think he just had an all-round much better season than his teammate. He made a case for him now being very much the number one in the team, which is fantastic for him. I mean, awesome, good work. And the fifth nominee is Lewis Hamilton. 11 wins. Six of which from the opening eight races. And he wrapped up the championship with two races to go. It kind of sounds like a broken record from last year, really. And truth be told, he is also, he is the second person I, I kind of juggled with the idea of naming driver of the year. So, no offence to Leclerc, Verstappen and Russell, but it's between Hamilton and Sainz. But... My driver of the year for 2019 is Lewis Hamilton. Has to be. I said it last year, and i say it again. He just continues to show why he's one of the greatest. Maybe it wasn't his best season. I don't actually think he was that great in the second half of the year, really. In the first half of the year, he was absolutely untouchable, basically. You know, he basically wrapped up the championship by Hungary, and he just had to continue to score good points to ensure the championship got wrapped up before the end and that's what he did and for me i think hamilton had a really really good year 11 wins i mean that that's it 11 wins from 21 races he won 11 of them that's all you gotta say for the third year in a row lewis hamilton is the f1 everything driver of the year (laughs) that's it that's the 2019 end of season awards thank you very much for listening to this i do hope you've enjoyed the end of season awards i always like doing these awards as i said at the uh, beginning of the episode it's always nice to look back on a season that's just taken place but it's also exciting to look forward to 2020 who's gonna be the driver of the year next year well i mean a fiver on hamilton now that's all i'm gonna say be sure to subscribe to uh, to the podcast on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify and leave a rating and a review it really helps me out also make sure to follow the show on social media so that's facebook twitter and instagram just search for f1 everything podcast on those free. i also host the michael schumacher podcast again follow on social media and on apple Podcasts, soundcloud and spotify I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You might even hear from me before the end of the year, you never know. But if I don't put something out before then, like I said, wishing you all a really happy holidays and I'll see you next year. I'm Rob Manafield, and I'll see you around the next corner.